0: Hello everyone and welcome to Everyday Linux Episode 209, Whining and Speculation, recorded October 11th, 2015 and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Linux show that isn't about Linux, but about life in the context of Linux. I am your host, Mark, the sultan of the soapbox cockerel, and joining me this week, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Chris, the command line godfather, and Seth, the gooey kid, Anderson. Hello, gentlemen.
1: Hello, everyone in internet land, and welcome to the craziness that is Element Dolby.
2: And I would just like to throw my welcomes out there on the ether webs for all the world to hear. Welcome, welcome, everyone.
0: Uh, I just have to say, I have to recognize it is now Pinktober. Uh, that's what I've started calling this month. Um, everything is now pink everywhere you go. Pink lattes, pink clothing. The NFL guys are wearing pink. Uh, if you have a pair of booby, boobies or you love somebody who has a pair of boobies, go get them checked. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I, but, what? no, that's not all I have to say. I've seen some... Um, Bad press about the Susan G. Komen uh, Foundation going around on Facebook and Twitter saying that only 20% of their money goes to cancer research. That is actually true. Only 20% of their money goes to cancer research. The other 80% of it goes to uh, education and free health screenings and things like that. Uh, Something, I I can't remember the exact numbers, but uh, in the most recent numbers they posted, which I think was 2010, uh, 96-plus percent of the money that they raised went directly to stopping cancer. Um, Yes, their CEO made $600,000, but it's the CEO of a giant corporation. And that's how much you have to pay CEOs of giant corporations. So back off the Susan G. Komen Foundation. If you don't want to give them, fine. Give to somebody else. But don't decide that you're not going to give just because this one group doesn't spend the money exactly how you want it to. And and if you're not giving, don't
2: wear pink. I hate it when people... How dare you fact check the internet, Mark? Sorry, (laughs) sorry. Who has time to go somebody posted it online it has to be true or they wouldn't be allowed to post it facebook would take down anything that was inaccurate or lying well, the, the fact is it um, is true
0: it's just misleadingly true
2: um,
0: right yes only 20 percent of the money goes to cancer research the rest of it goes to other cancer related things if you want to uh, uh, send the money to a pure research organization i'm sure there are other places i don't know what they are But Susan G. Komen Foundation has taken a holistic approach to um, awareness and overall women's health. Uh, Breast cancer Mm -hmm. is just one part of it. So there you go. Um, That's all I got to say about that. So, uh, Chris, we were talking last week about the fact that you were in danger of uh, blowing your data cap. Uh, It has since happened.
1: Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) It's official now that I, as of, as of, Yum. What was a Friday afternoon when I went down to talk to the the service provider to find out how bad my bill is going to hurt me. Um, they said, Oh yeah, you blew your f- cap at day 15 of your plan and you now have 15 more days of overages to look forward to. And I went, Oh, owie, owie, how bad is this going to hurt me? And then luckily I found out that I had the numbers backwards. It's not. $10 or $50 for every 10 gigs. It's $10 for every 50 gigs.
0: Well, that's not so terrible.
1: That's not so bad. So, then I'm like, "All right, well, how can I mitigate some of this pain so I'm not dying, you know, with a over $200 internet bill?" So, we wrote worked the numbers a little bit and they said, "Well, if you're averaging around 6 to 700 gigs of usage in a month, if you go to the 40 meg plan, which is a 40 meg download and they say twenty up, but I don't believe it. Up to, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where we'll pay a hundred and thirty-five dollars ish for the plan in overages. So at this point, that isn't too bad, in my opinion, for at least in you know southern Canada. So
0: the so the plan was was how much? The plan is a hundred and fifteen, and you would have been paying my... one thirty with overages.
1: Yep, now. I'm still going to get hurt for last month's bill because we were at the other plan, which was, uh, what was it? Uh, Oh, they had to know?
0: retrograde that for you. They they should be able to backdate that upgrade. Most companies will do that.
1: Yeah, they they're going to prorate me a little bit since I'm still within my 30 days for the for the you know month that's going to hurt me. Um, it'll be prorated, but it's still going to hurt more than next month will be.
0: All right. Well, that's that's not too bad. And as as sad as it is to say $120 a month for internet access in America is not bad um it, i think that's way too much but that's really not a terrible think. thing so what's the what's the cap on the on that one
1: um the cap for the one I'm in now is 400 gigabytes um to start and then the same base rate for the up, the overages but at at the numbers that we worked it it'll be about a hundred and fifty total for the overages for the month, as long as I don't go too crazy, like in the upwards of nine hundred gigabytes to a terabyte. Um, but so your cap company, now
0: on the new plan is six hundred.
1: No, it's four hundred
0: on the new plan.
1: On the new plan. Oh, okay.
0: So you're just what was it on the old you're plan? just planning on overages every month is what you're saying.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's either that or if I go up to the the cap, if I pay for the cap of 600 gigabytes, which is the estimated overages I'll be hitting, um that's a $200 bill every month just for bandwidth. And $200, you know, however much I love my internet, this I love my spouse more and she would probably shoot me if we had a $200 internet bill.
0: Yeah, that's that's frustrating that you just have to plan on being punished every month. Yep, pretty much.
1: Um, and and then, I asked if there's any any if there's any other way for me to mitigate this. Like, could I pay for because they got fiber going to to you know from their their door from their door to some of the new builds in the in the town. They have fiber going in, and I said, well, what happens if I went fiber and I paid for whatever the cost is to get fiber to my door? Would that mitigate the overages? And she goes, no. You just have fiber and then you'd still have your overage. The overage is still.
0: So there is no unlimited plan available to you there.
1: None. None. Absolutely zero. Even for the business plans. The business plans are still capped.
0: I noticed uh, this week. Uh, I was going to get to this later, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now. I upgraded the the broadcast machine, the one that uh, if you're watching the video, the one that you're watching on, to Windows 10 um, from Windows 7. Why would it, why would you I do that? You ask? Because I'm a glutton for punishment, and I like being abused. Um, mm-hmm. But no, mainly it's because it's the thing that's going to be the thing. You know, there's there's no way I can't get around it, so I might as well just go ahead and embrace it. Uh, so I, I, I went ahead and did the upgrade and I noticed that there's an option in the, um, the updates that there is no option to not get updates. Like there used to be used to be notify but don't download, uh, that, that option's not there anymore, but what there is, uh, is, oh, I, I just did it. What there is, is, uh, there is an option to say, not download on a metered connection. So that sounds handy. That you get to you get to pick your options for metered connections. But if it's on uh an uh an Ethernet connection, you can't mark it as metered. Really? So they gave you a tool and then dangled it and said, yeah, yeah, nah nah, you can't actually use it. So you're on a metered connection. If you wanted to choose like uh early in the month before you're at your data cap to to do your Windows ten updates, not an option. Just not an option. <laughs>
1: fun fun fun
2: so you'll have to go into the host file and change update.microsoft.com to 127.0.1.
1: Yeah, Either so, that or do it on your firewall level
2: yeah
0: something like that it's it's a i understand automatic updates that's a useful thing it's better for the for the world at large it's better for me that you get forced updates uh it's better for you that you get forced updates, so I'm not really mad about that. What I'm mad about is that there's no option for advanced users. Grandma should get her updates automatically but but you and me and seth we we should be able to make those choices. We are professionals in the field um and so apparently Microsoft's idea is well, professionals just shouldn't use Windows ten.
1: yeah, they should be using linux
0: and i and <laughs> there's not a ten pro a ten uh Home anymore. There's none of that. It's just ten, right? I upgraded from Mm -hmm. from seven um, uh, business. What was it? It wasn't called business. It was called something else. Enterprise seven enterprise to ten, and so I thought maybe some of those enterprise features would come over, but nope. It's it just no. Uh, So these are the things that I'm taking the hit for you, the audience, so that you don't have to to learn them yourself.
2: Yeah, I thought there were different Windows 10 additions
1: no there's the the home and general user the business version and that's about it okay so there were the, two all right yeah there's two it went from five, what four to two and that's all there is now well maybe
0: the free upgrade is just to the home and because pre- it didn't give me any options
1: yeah so it could you, be that if you get line. it free
0: all you get is the home version
1: yep unless you have a oh what is that the microsoft uh Volume licensing. Yeah. 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 So, when, you, when you have the volume license agreement, then you get the, when you're using that key, that key moves you into the business grade model. So
0: maybe that offers some more options, but for, for just regular Joes, I, I'm not saying run away from Windows 8. It's fine. It's fine. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's fine. Uh, but it does seem to be intentionally dumbing down the computer experience and that's Mm -hmm. going to come into the discussion that we have a little later on which is why i was going to talk about it then but you led me straight into it Uh, but first we have to talk about uh, corn dogs and big techs
2: yeah um one of the things i didn't know when i took the job i have now is we get a state fair day um We're, we're given a t-shirt to wear, you know, so there's us walking around with the company t-shirt, but we show up, we get a picture, we get a hundred dollars cash, and then we're turned loose on the fair. So, um, I bought, um, I tried fried pizza. It's not too bad and fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And if you're in Texas and you go to the state fair you really, you haven't been to the state fair. If you don't get a Fletcher corny dog, because that's just what you do at the state fair. And so I had one of those two, but it was fun. I walked around, saw some stuff, looked at the car show, griped at Nissan because they're not selling the cube anymore in America. And, um, you know, walked around, had fun, came home, you know, thank you work for, uh, for the spending money i appreciate yeah,
0: it's it. still a fair you're still outdoors and, and you come home smelling like you need to wash the the cow off of you uh but <laughs> right. it is it is if not the largest one of the largest fairs in the world uh and it's worth going uh i know a lot of people right there in the dallas area who never go you should go um it's it's relatively uh inexpensive 15 dollars a person ish
2: um it, it was, uh, the, the ticket is 18, okay. but there's lots of different things like, uh, you know, like on Wednesdays, I think it's half price with four cans of food and like you can bring a, a Dr. Coke, Pepper. Yeah. There's, if you, if you go, you can look up, there's, there's a way to not pay full price
0: so it's been a few years i haven't been in texas in a few years so eighteen, fifteen, 15 yep yeah, that that's fine it's worth the worth the experience there the the georgia state fair was here in atlanta just uh, a few weeks ago and i didn't go uh because schedules just didn't permit it but it, i i do intend to go sometime and compare it i expect to walk around with my texas hubris and go nah, this ain't nothing but uh <laughs> we'll see <laughs>
1: All Good right, old fairs. So
0: let's move into our so a little bit of listener feedback. In and I've I, I want to know you know uh, I've asked you guys for show uh, name uh, suggestions. Every one you've sent me, I've I've thrown in this the the Google Doc that the guys and I are using to to help make this decision. And, and there are no bad ideas. There are some you know less good than other ideas uh but but there are stupid right,
2: ideas right. it might not be bad but there are some stupid ones
0: when you're in a in a uh brainstorming environment there's no bad idea so whatever you send whatever even if i knew it was a joke i went ahead and threw it in there because it might get the creative juices throwing but tim who didn't leave his last name uh, gave what i think is my favorite discussion uh di- uh, uh suggestion yet uh and he said just listen to edl number 206 uh no wait i wrong with thing he said here's my suggestion extemporaneous discussion lab thanks for the podcast by the way i love that idea because that so describes what we do here we're the extemporaneous discussion lab what do you guys think about that
1: <laughs> well the first thing i'm going to say like is it. The what discussion lab? Because I don't know that. that, That's a dollar word there. I don't know that dollar word. I'd have to look that one up. (laughs) Extemporaneous extemporaneous
0: means making it up as you go, which is exactly what we do every week. Mm -hmm. We pull crap out of the air.
1: That's true. Seth, what do you think? I think that's going to get a good dog ear moment. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think, well, you know, that
2: kind of nailed it on the head, so... So, Tim, if we decide to go that way, and I got to say right now,
0: you're the front runner. Um, I will send you the L.O.P. swag of your choice from the store. Um,
2: what we should do is we should send him an everyday Linux swag <laughs> just so, you know, it's like because of you, this limited no longer edition. exists. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, a limited edition uh, everyday Linux hat. Uh, yeah, so, but when, I, when, I, when we make the change, I'll, I'll make new swag and I will send you. T- t- you know what? I'll do both. I'll send you the old and the new.
1: Ooh. And uh
0: and you know and some of you other guys if uh if you're out there and you want to um compete with Tim on this discussion and I've just dangled the carrot out in front of you get get your get your game on and come because man the ex, the extemporaneous discussion lab that's good that's good stuff. <laughs> He is good. And then another Tim, I'm not sure if it's the same Tim or not. It came from two different email addresses. Asked if The Martian is sci-fi. He said, "I just listened to EDL206. Please listen to this podcast and ask yourself if the book and or movie The Martian is sci-fi or fantasy." And he links to a podcast stufftobullyourmind.com um and the episode title is Your Health as a Mars Colonist. It says the podcast starts out slow as Many of them do, but jumps into the sciences of living on Mars as seen by an insurance actuary making a life insurance policy for an astronaut. That's a great idea. Oh, I forgot this is a Linux podcast, and I should say something Linux. EDL colon uh, tilde dollar sign echo. I love this podcast. Thanks, Tim. That was just the right amount of geekiness.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love when, when we see little geeky spots like that. That's pretty good.
0: So I'm going to come down on this one and say the Martian is firmly in the realm of sci-fi because there's no, you know, uh, gathering of people with special uh, abilities who go on a march to the sea and fight dragons and wizards. It's a guy using science, and it's actually not super futuristic science uh, um, to to do his thing. So they did make some um, uh, they, the the writer. Uh, Andy Weir made some, uh, what's the word? Andy Weir? No, what's, he made some uh, uh, artistic license. He 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 jumped over yeah. some things. He ignored some things. Uh, he yeah.
2: and scientific leaps. Maybe. Yes,
0: he uh, he totally revamped the uh, spacesuit that's available. He he ignored some of the uh, solar radiation issues with even going back and forth uh to to mars let alone being there and doing evas and uh that sort of stuff so he just sort of ignored a, a bit of science but it still i think it falls squarely in the realm of science fiction um i can't think of anything that makes it fantasy other than you know maybe once i listen to this podcast it's certainly uh, it's certainly fiction right it's not as realistic maybe as i thought it was
1: i'd say it's a close runner to science truth and science fat fiction though i mean there was a lot of stuff that he did very very close to truth on
2: yeah well yeah um you know there's a lot there's certain things where he totally missed the science um you know um like there's this one scene where he's making where he's like mark is making the water and uh and the a chemist said, based on the temperature and this, this is how much yeah. volume, you know, and so there's, and then there's been some scientific announcements, like they've discovered actual like water in the Martian soil. So, um, and there's things like that, but. Even though he kind of missed it in some places, the reason the scientific community loves it and the uh, the air, the space com- community, NASA and astronauts love it is because he takes it seriously and he doesn't just, you know, it's, a, he doesn't just wave his hand and call it the Heisenberg compensator. Yes. You know, it's <laughs> like he, uh, he works out and you might could say that it's wrong, but he acknowledges the issue. And I mean, granted, he didn't talk about the, and he, if you listen to any interview, I listen to a lot of his interview. Basically, anyone I could find where somebody interviewed him, I listened to or any talk he gave. Um, he just like, you know, I know the radiation would kill him, but then, you know, there wouldn't have been a book. So I just didn't deal right. with it. But, you know, they could come out with something tomorrow, you know, spray on varnish or something that blocks radiation. Right. So, I, you know.
0: Also, there's no, not yeah. enough atmosphere on Mars to have the kind of wind storms that creates some of the problems he has. He just right, The very beginning yeah, scene. He just sort of skips yep. over those problems.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's things you have to skip over when actually, writing a book like that.
0: It is fiction, but I, I do think it's definitely science fiction. Alright, moving on to our last one. Isaac asked for a distro recommendation. Hi guys, I'm wanting to know what you would suggest for a desktop to launch off of Ubuntu. Ubuntu. I was thinking of using um, Mint Linux. I've been a Linux fan since I was younger than 10 years old, so I have a, an Ubuntu desktop and a CentOS server for Minecraft and primarily for uh, OpenStack to use KVM. Anyway, I'm 16 years old, so I, I'm kind of a bit young. I want to convince my older sister to use Linux Academy. Nice call. Uh, she's going to move in with my family again soon if you guys could help me with these two things that would be awesome my sister is not much of a computer nerd at all so that would be great again i'm sorry for the poorly written email i'm kind of tired and i'm on a phone so my articulation is much lower all due respect isaac ps you guys are awesome my favorite thing about that email is typing on his phone autocorrect misspelled articulation
1: which is just (laughs) awesome it's typical for phones.
0: <laughs> so for the for a long time, the standard distro recommendation of this show has been Linux Mint. Uh, I would add to that, um, I don't even know that I'd go second to it. Right alongside it is Black Lab Linux. Those are my recommendations. Guys, you have anything else?
1: Go ahead, Seth.
2: I was going to say, if you're going to do the the Linux Academy, I think maybe Black Lab Linux, Linux would be a little bit better because... It's more of a business user's experience. Linux Mint is geared more towards the home. So, uh, in that sense, she would see more what she might encounter in a Linux business community. But yeah, either one of those would go good. Um, you know, and honestly, they're just anyone you pick. They're all going to have little quirks and it's going to come down to, you know, Which one does, which one has the coolest wallpaper by default anyway? So, but Linux Mint, Black Lab, you know, even the latest Fedora is, I like using it. Um, it's, it's these days, there's, it's more the aesthetics rather than anything that's
1: under the hood. Um, as far as what sets stuff apart. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, it it would, since you're already familiar with a mint form of, uh, a desktop and sent to us so you're in two different camps there and i would say either one would be a good camp but i would definitely go either mint or corora so that way you stay with the consumer level of plugins that are going to already be installed and then i would definitely say to keep uh, her to use something that she's probably already familiar with it would have to i would almost swear by the cinnamon desktop because that's about as close to a windows environment you're gonna get Without having to jump into the KDE realm or something similar.
0: All right, there you go. Those are those are some choices. Um, maybe we give him too many choices, but
1: uh, yeah, we went through like what five different ones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so the the fact that you're already a Fedora user and enthusiast uh, means that you'll be able to help out a lot with the the less. Uh, Mint makes a lot of assumptions for you, and you know mm-hmm. I I get mad at Windows when it makes assumptions for me, and I praise Mint for it. Just another example of my own hypocrisy. Uh, but uh, Fedora makes fewer uh, assumptions, and so if you're good enough to to walk her through those things, I think you're you're good. Uh, f- they're both right that the Fedora is more what they're going to encounter in the uh, in the the business world, in the the real world instead of the home world uh mint is is great for for grandma, so mm-hmm. pick between those two the two that you already know
1: exactly which and the nice thing about the fedora and Corora projects is they 're both side by side um the Corora is just more minty than fedora is
0: yeah and he didn't he didn't say that he was he knew fedora he said centos but that 's fedora i mean there yeah uh uh, s- s- uh fedora is prettier centos.
1: That's more current of, CentOS. Yeah. That would be a better way because their packages are much more newer in f-
2: the Fedora camp. Fedora's future CentOS. <laughs> CentOS is
1: what CentOS will previous be. Previous Fedora. Yes.
2: Uh, so, <laughs> oh, thank you. I almost went down religion <laughs> there, but <laughs> sorry.
0: Since Isaac gave this, this this great lead in, I have to talk about our friends over at the Linux Academy. I've talked about them so many times. I, I feel I don't need to give you... Too much, but if you're, if you've never listened in, let me tell you that Linux Academy is a place where their, their stated goal is, is to get you from being a, a a guy who knows something about Linux to a guy who is a certified Linux professional. Uh, and they do that by the way of their step by step video courses, hundreds of them now. Um. When I first started doing ads, I said something like almost 200 trainings. Well, they've recently added like 1100, uh, so there are hundreds to uh, maybe even thousands of videos, uh, each one uh, with its own uh, PDF study guide. So if you're a paper person, you've got that covered. Uh, to and this, I love the paper. Yeah, so if you're if you're That's Seth and right. you love paper, um, what what I like about the combination of the of the time coded PDF study guides in the videos is that you can you can read the the information and then go back and Watch it and then watch it and then go back and read it, and you can you can em, uh, engage both parts of your brain that way. Uh, but then the my favorite part is the learn by doing part where they give you this amazing uh, lab setup where you can have up to four machines running simultaneously interacting with each other and interacting with the real world all running on amazon's uh, uh, aws platform so it's super fast and really reliable and it's a safe way to be destructive um, and to be Mm -hmm. instructive Uh, and that's that's a great way they have all kinds of tools it's 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 so much more than just videos i know i hit the videos but that that's the delivery mechanism, but there's so much more to it. They have um, ways to pace your own uh, ways to track your, your progress, ways to pace yourself along. They have they'll send you could create your own syllabus by telling them when you're available and what courses you'd like to take and how many hours a week you want to invest in. It. And they'll send you daily emails that say, this is where you need to be today. This is the class you need to take today. This is the video you need to watch. This is the, the lab you need to do. All these things to help you stay on track to reaching your goals. They're not about setting goals for you. They're about giving you tools to meet your own goals. And even though the name is Linux Academy, they have so much more than just Linux Academy. They have programming courses. They have all kinds of great Amazon Web Services uh, courses. If you want to move from being... A non-technical professional to a technical professional, you cannot find a better suite of tools at this price anywhere on the web. It's so much more than just YouTube videos. And what's the price? How about $29 a month? That's that's not much at all for, for what they give you. So less than you know, less than a, a gourmet pizza will give you access to all of this. But that's the most you can ever pay. So if you buy three months at a time, you buy a quarter, that's only $69. So you get a discount right off the bat there. And if you buy annually, it's $229 for 12 months. Don't do that right off the bat. Try it out for a couple of months uh, and, and see if you like it. And then make the plunge. You will save money just like anything else. When you buy them by the dozen, you save money. So $229 a month is, breaks down to something like $19 a month. Um, you, you just can't find, I'm, I I stand by that statement, you can't find this quality of content and this um, diverse packaging for $19 a month anywhere on the web. There are other places that will charge you less, but they also give you less. LinuxAcademy.com, however, if you use the code EverydayLinux when you sign up, you don't get, you don't pay that amount. You pay the old prices. When the prices went up, yours stayed the same. So you get special prices, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. You got to go find out. LinuxAcademy.com/slash/EverydayLinux and uh, check them out. It's well worth it. I promise.
2: Yep. Excellent color there commentary there, Seth.
0: So now moving on <laughs> to uh, the discussion of the night, and we'll 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 cover this, and then do some news. Uh, I, this was something that um, th- this time of year um september october november moving into the christmas season is where companies um you know they they roll out all their new stuff the the new iPhone just came out recently. the new Nexus line of phones mm-hmm. came out uh Microsoft just had their big thing the the um, worldwide uh, phone i can't remember what that's called was not too long ago and, and as I'm reading websites and 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 catching up on these I used to watch these things uh you know live stream uh, uh, when i when I lived in a different world. but as I was reading all of this i I, I just I had to yawn there's there's so little. Innovative Apple's big thing this year was a big a big iPad. That that's yep. it. That's their thing. Um the phone is now more phony you know, it's uh, it's essentially an iPhone 6S. It's, they just, they've, uh, like there was the 4 and the 4S. It's, you know, more, more iPhone for your iPhone. They, they didn't really have any new features that were just super exciting. They, they, had, they had polished a few older features. And, you know, Steve Jobs uh, careened in his grave a little bit when they introduced the, the large iPad Pro, because he always mm-hmm. said nobody wants a giant iPad, and here his company is producing a giant iPad. Apple, their big announcement was the laptop, or excuse me, not Apple, but Microsoft, their big announcement was the laptop that I had in 2010. It's a laptop that turns into a tablet that turns into a laptop. Welcome to my Toshiba Portage that I had way back. The 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 hinge Hinge transformer. Yeah, the hinge is fancier, but that's it. There's no innovation there at all. Uh, Google, they added an X to the name of their phone. It was the Nexus 5, now it's the 5X. Yep.
2: But they also added a lot more advertising. Yes, so you can't discount that.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely a lot more ap- advertising has been more ad dollars have been spent. I think this this uh, Christmas year, their time of year for the you know that's what all these new announcements are going to be aimed for is the Christmas releasing of things. But no, no, I mean there's more ads in the in phone, the phone yeah. itself once you buy it. Oh well, yeah, that too.
0: So this led me to ask the question who is innovating in the world anyway uh and uh, you know as i've mentioned before i'm i'm reading the uh uh reading listening to my audible.com slash uh, audible uh book uh, about uh, the uh the the Walter Isaacson uh, biography of Steve Jobs and the thing that i come away from that is a steve was a total jerk uh but that's nothing new but it reminds me it makes me long for the days of innovation uh Microsoft and Apple were competing with each other in, in a way that each drove the other to do new and better things. Uh, Apple would always say Microsoft just copied them. Um, I, I don't, I've never believed that's true. Uh, but the point is new things were happening, entirely new avenues. The graphical user interface, the GUI kid got his name because of some crazy guys at Xerox park who didn't know how to market what they had. Um, this was a whole new way of things. I mean the the homebrew computer club got together and said let's make these things be more than just calculators. Who's doing that now? What what's happening out there? You've got um, you know Tesla maybe working on an autonomous car. They they hinted about it and you know Google just kind of said welcome to 2009. We've been working on an autonomous car since then. But the keyword there is working on it. nobody has it. Amazon's crazy idea is to to sell you stuff faster by using quadcopters. It's still just selling you stuff. There's nothing to yep. what's new out there. So guys, I need you to help me. Pull me out of the funk I'm in. Tell me what the heck is going out there that I should be excited about.
1: Mark you know the sad thing is I've been in that same boat for about the last couple of years. There really hasn't been anything innovative or groundbreaking. In what five years? I mean, things have gotten faster or smaller, but there hasn't been anything really new. It's certainly exciting
0: that I can now talk to my phone and it talks back to me. These things are exciting, and I often say it's a great time to be alive, but they're they're enhancements, they're refinements, they're polishings. Is this what we have to look forward to? Is I mean, for the next 20 years, for the rest of my life, or all we're gonna do is it has small iterations?
2: You know, we had a conversation long, long time ago. I couldn't even tell you what number. Um, it's probably back in the aughts before we hit 100, um, about how, because there's this super ridiculous focus on instantaneous profits there is no long term research and development projects you know xerox park that doesn't that would not exist today because there's no shareholder value this quarter or the people who look forward there's no shareholder value next quarter um you know that was that was research and development that went on years 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 and it set the stage for what was to come and but yet what what do we have today there's uh there's gut the company for shareholder and stockholder value value and, you know, first level executive bonuses, or there's funnel everything into a startup to get the beginnings of a product and then sell out for a lot of money before you actually develop something that's very good. And there can't be breakthrough innovation like that. Whenever you're focused on today's dollar and tomorrow's dollar instead of next generation's dollar or what happens if we don't even focus on the dollar so I wish there was something new. I tell you one people that aren't innovating and that's selfish and holla. I'm still waiting on my <laughs> tablet from them. Um, you know, they, I don't know. Maybe they, um, maybe the reason, maybe they're actually innovating. And so one of these days, this tablet is going to materialize in my hands because they perfected transporter technology. Um, you know, and figured out a way to get past Heisenberg until then we're just, it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. And you'll look back. T- five years, ten years, and go. Wow, that stuff they have was crap. But it looks remarkably similar to what we have today. Um, I don't know. You know that's my thought. the
0: The tech industry isn't the only thing that's stagnating. I, I've I've commented uh, before, uh, you know, in my previous life in the world of education, that that entire um, what's the word ecosystem, that entire uh, field of study, stagnated. 200 years ago. So you yep. you drop an auto mechanic from 1815, uh, 200 years ago, into a modern uh, GM shop, he's not going to have a clue what go, what's going on. I mean, the basics are there, right? There's still four wheels and, and an internal combustion engine, but he's not going to have a clue uh, what's going on. You take a even a plumber from 200 years ago and you drop him into a modern society, he's not going to have a clue. You take a teacher and drop him in a uh, from 1800 and drop him in a modern, class, modern classroom, they ride it home.
2: no she'll the teacher will probably go you call this knowledge (laughs) yeah (laughs) they uh, yeah you know i there's the thing the what was it the kansas high school eighth grade test some of that stuff i was like i didn't learn that till college and the only reason i learned it then is just because i like to look up stuff well content aside uh, i'm just
0: talking about the practices and the sciences of it right so instead of a blackboard it's now a whiteboard uh and instead of white chalk it's now colored markers uh, but it's still because
2: chalk's bad for right. you
0: it's still a person sitting know. at the front talking to 26 people sitting in a rectangle facing them uh who are looking at books uh the books may be on digital now instead of paper a lot of schools they're still on paper but even if they're not we've re- we've we've replicated the form of the books but it's still a page that you turn it's still you know uh we've we've stagnated there is is that is my beloved technology now stagnate in in 200 years in in you know uh 2215 are we going to look back and and everything's going to look pretty much the same way
1: i hope not i really really hope not there's been so many promising things that i've seen come up but then just kind of fizzle because there's no there's no money in it that's the that's the thing i always hear well there's no money in that so it's never going to make it anywhere so that's horrible because if if we ever want to have you know, like the the utopian society of Star Trek, because that's what everyone thinks that they want. Um, We're never going to make it at the rate we're going. There's just no way. Because there's no money in it.
0: So do you think, I'm asking both of you this, uh, Seth, I'll let you answer first. Do you think the problems are technical, or do you think they're societal that are stagnating development?
2: I think the problems are... Uh, societal. You know, one of the things like there was the whole patent trolls. Who's going to want to innovate something whenever, if there is something here comes these hordes of patent trolls saying, Hey, I said that theoretically it was possible for a machine to say one plus one is two. Therefore, you owe me a billion dollars because you actually worked out how to do a calculator. And so, you know, they're killing innovation. Everybody's C-Y-A-N. So there's no room to innovate. You know, everything is saying, you know, you got to cover yourself for doing this. Cover yourself for doing that. Cover yourself for doing that. Okay, you know, your career is over and you spent years of your entire career actually trying to invent something. So I don't think that the problem is technical. I think it's societal or systemic rather than something in technology. Um
0: so I mean there there are very real I'll let you answer that in a minute, Chris. There are very real sure. technical issues that we're facing right now. Like uh, energy is the biggest one uh, uh, the this this lovely watch that i have that i like so much the battery is the biggest problem and it's because there hasn't been any significant improvement in battery in 200 years since volta stacked some different pieces of metal together and figured out you could um you could uh, get a charge off of it we've we've refined the metals but the battery is still the battery so mm-hmm. I, and i wonder if those are physical limitations we're just never going to get better than that or if somebody has a better power source In a garage somewhere, but nobody could would make it happen because it's not financially feasible. Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: I'm going to go along. You know, I I think a lot of the same lines with Seth when it comes to you know what exactly what he said earlier. I think that's part of it, but I don't think it's all of it. I think there's a lot of technical boundaries that we haven't been able to punch through because we haven't wrapped our head around the science of it yet. Like you brought up, Mark, about the batteries you know i think that's a limitation you know they they have some things that they've been working on trying to get th- to punch through that that limitation of the of you know two pieces of metal doing you know transferring electrons um but i i think there's more than that i i think we just haven't had that that quantum leap of knowledge that we need to to move forward into have that next round of um oh it's the the phrase i'm thinking of the uh like an industrial revolution. You know, that was because somebody had a, a genuine idea that was so far advanced that it changed the realm of how things were made. We haven't seen that yet in, in our age group. Um, it, it, I think it's coming. I think we're right on, we're close to the cusp of having that happen. I just think we're, we're missing that last big push to get us over the hump to, to go to the next revolution, which who knows what it'll be. Maybe that's, uh, robots. Maybe it's, you know, finding a way to send, um, autonomous space vehicles up to mine the asteroids. Cause that would give us that, that big punch to get to something new. We just don't have it yet. And who knows when it's going to show up. But I think that's something we're missing.
0: So, Seth, I- I'll ask you, is, is, is Moore's law enough? To get us out if we can keep doing what we're doing keep iterating keep doubling our amount of, of processing capacity is that enough to to equal a revolution instead of something entirely new just incremental improvements over what we've got will that get us there
2: no because the problem is if you make a breakthrough in one area that breakthrough has to be broadened in other areas before you can make another breakthrough in that area. Or eventually you'll get so far out in this one area that you just kind of collapses on itself. Um, you know, the whole tablet thing. You know, there could have been tablets 20 years ago, but they were so bulky and unwieldy that there was no use for them and the batteries would have lasted 10 minutes. But until there had to be more miniaturization in order to make it worthwhile and a, a tablet you could actually hold in your hand. So possibly... Maybe we're waiting on society to catch up, to understand what we, you know, you yourself said, you're one of those forward thinking out in front, try something new, even if it's a short term, you know, loss of productivity, but society has to get to a certain point before it can go further. You know everybody is looking forward to see where the leaders are standing today and so the leaders can't go any further forward but maybe a society catches up then that will free uh, and advance so to speak again you know that's kind of the other side of what i was saying but so no i just don't think you know hey look our, our processors are twice as fast because big deal you know, so what? The processors that were a quarter as fast as today are still adequate for anything we have today.
0: Well, Chris, do you think that maybe by increasing our processor power and getting smarter computers, we can crack some of these problems that we haven't been able to solve yet that maybe human minds can't do it, but artificial minds can?
1: You know, I thought about that when when Seth was saying that. And, you know, there's moments where I thought, you know, maybe the Moore's law will do it for us. But, I don't think, I agree, I don't think that Moore's Law is going to be enough. We need to have a radical change of how we're doing processing before it'll break through. Um, that could be something as simple as, you know, we, we just figure out that, um, I don't know, that, you know, risk architecture or what, I don't know. It's, you know, some other, some other architecture for a processor does something more efficient and at a, at a quicker pace than what we're looking at right now. Um, and for those that didn't catch that risk architecture, that's a hacker's reference from the movie. <laughs> gotcha. Oh. but no, no uh, and, you know, and
2: go ahead. No, go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, if we're counting on Moore's Law that oh, you know, just faster processing is going to take us there, why spend the effort to look for a different solution? So, in some ways. The the promise that, you know, turning right is always going to turning turn right one more time and you'll get there, then why is anybody ever going to look left? Versus, you know, I don't think processing power alone is going to do it. What else could it be? Hmm, what if I tried this and then the next thing you know, you know, the thing that shut down the thing that shut down Google was born.
0: So in case you don't know, uh, we've been throwing around the term Moore's Law. Most geeks know exactly what that is. But Gordon Moore, who was an engineer at Intel, uh, postulated in, gosh, the 70s, I think it was, that we would be able to double the amount of transistors we can put on a chip every two years. and by doubling the amount of transistors we can put on a chip, we effectively double the processing power of computers. That has remained remarkably true for almost 50 years now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, we actually have cut it down to 18 months. We're getting faster and faster processors. And they're really, at this point, there doesn't seem to be a stopping of it. Every time we get to a point where we think we've, we've, we've topped out Moore's law we can't go any better um processor manufacturers come up with a new process uh, you know infusing copper with silicon was a big thing a few years ago that made that made us able to go to the next level um so Moore's law when we say that we're talking about uh, computers getting better is computers getting better j- enough that in itself is that enough to get us to the next level. Chris actually used the word quantum leap entirely appropriately. Most people don't quantum leap being the next level of, of energy, the next thing. So, um, I, I am a little more hopeful about Moore's law in that, that, we can seed some of our creativity and seed some of our problem-solving. Uh, maybe not creativity. I don't know that computers are ever going to get there. Maybe. I'd like to be proven wrong about that. Uh, but it's some, some of our problem-solving, once, once we can model things, like complex physics experiments, when we can build models down to the atom and the subatomic particle and can experiment with things without the risk of, say, irradiating Los Angeles, I think we'll be better able to solve some of the problems we have right now. Like, so many of our problems... Could be solved with energy, better, cheaper. If we had a, an infinite source of free energy, think of what that would solve. Chris, you're you're going to the the uh, the into space, for example. The only reason we don't go to space is because it's expensive, and most of the expense is not in the machine; it's in the fuel exactly. to get the machine up there and back. So, if we could create an unlimited source of of free energy, that would solve a lot of problems. The odds are, though, that we would blow ourselves up with it first because the best thing you can do with energy uh no, no not the best thing the easiest thing you can do with energy is blow stuff up mm-hmm. and so once you get the the infinite source of energy into the hands of warlike people boom you've blown stuff up see any science fiction uh book ever written
2: well i my, mean I think would. about just the Go atomic ahead, bomb was developed in the 40s and yet we didn't have a reactor until the 70s so yeah. You first got to figure out how it works before you can harness it.
0: Well, that's true. That that's a good point. The bomb. The reason the bomb is easier than the reactor is because a bomb is just set it off and watch. The reactor is control it. Uh, so right. yeah, that what you said there is true from both a technology standpoint and a a warring people standpoint. Chris, you were going to say?
1: I was going to say you know that uh, that's probably the biggest hurdle that we have is that we are still in a warlike mentality, um, as a. You know, world populace. We still don't have that, that we are the world concept with, with everybody in the, in the world. And that's probably never gonna happen, at least not the way we currently do things in this, in this time, this time, this age. Um, and, but until that happens, we, you know, our efforts are still defense or attack. There is no sit back and research to find something new. And the research we are doing, is not to better mankind. It's to find a better way of killing or or finding the one person you, that needs to be eliminated, uh, or or
0: lining executives' pockets. To go back to, to Seth's thing, yep. the the advancements are only as good as the money they can make you.
1: Right, and then you know, like w- the idea of of having clean, of uh, free energy. It also has to be not just free, but it has to be clean because. If our world is polluted out, if we pollute the world out because we're of the energy we're using to do, you know, space exploration or, you know, monkeying with, with the quantum level of, 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 I don't want to say science, but the, the, the quantum level of, of the world of, what would be the right term there? Matter. There you go. <laughs> but until that happens, we're, we're still going to be just, in react mode and no one nothing happens nothing makes a great change in React mode. We have to be in a proactive mentality and that won't happen until we're not fighting each other.
0: Seth so you look like you were gonna say something.
1: Oh no I was singing We Are the World.
2: Oh, Sorry. Yes. Um, There's a choice we're making.
0: We're saving our own
2: lives. It's true. It's true. We, make we can day. make a better day. So no uh but you know and unfortunately The problem is, advancements happen when people work together. And once you get past a certain group, a certain size, and it depends on the issue, there's only so many people that can work together. And then there will be the other people working together to stop what the people working, and then to steal it and pass it off as they're on. So, unfortunately, you can't just... Because we all just can't get along, you have to spend so much of your resources to protect what you're making. So, yeah, it's a vicious circle we live in.
1: But it's not just protecting what you've made. We're still so focused on me, me, me that we're not thinking of us. And I think that's the heart of right. everything. We're still so focused in, you know, how can I make more money? How can I make a better, how can I buy a bigger car or a bigger house or, <laughs> You know, do do I have the thousand fit or what is it? $5,000 Apple Watch on my wrist? Um, that's ridiculous. Why would anyone spend $5,000 on a watch that all it does is the same thing that the $500 version does too? I mean, it's just to show that
0: you have money.
2: That's right. Right, coming up next week on ethically disgusting life
0: (laughs) this this (laughs) ethically disgusting (laughs) life um the the same reason that you buy a rolex right it's the same problem but uh, i do want to point out the immense amount of whining that we're doing right now we live in a world where i can talk to my phone and it talks back to me and i can have a digital thermostat that figures out when i'm hot and we we live in this great world, and all of these have have come as a result of uh, small iterations, right? We we don't still have the uh, TRS eighty and the Apple uh, uh computer. We don't still have those because of iterations, small. None of those things were were groundbreaking. None of them were life changing, but together the sum of them was life changing. So that's why I'm a little more hopeful than I than I make it sound because I I can see where we've come in thirty years but what i'm frustrated with is that i don't see the the giants for people to stand on the shoulders of anymore right um and and maybe they're out there maybe they're in a garage right now uh working on something but we've we've created a world where they we're you're disincentivized for that as as seth was saying um the uh the guys who who are the new larry and sergey who who could create google they're going to open. Uh, they're going to run a, a small business, have an IPO, uh, do an angel round of investing, cash out, and then go w- retire. Instead of working on their product, the best minds now are cashing out. I think.
1: Well, there's that, and I also think there's also the problem that, you know, as a society, uh, at least the way I see things right now, at, at this point, uh, there is no garage time. You know, we're expected, as at least as us as technologists, we are expected to be attached to a cell phone to be on call 100% of the time. And you're always, you know, there is no such thing as garage time where you can go out and tinker. You know, most, most guys don't get that anymore. They're working 40 hour weeks or 50 hour weeks or, you know, some of the people I know, I have about six guys that I know here in town that work 100 hour weeks. They come home. They're so exhausted. They barely even have time to eat dinner with their kids. Um, when you're being pushed to that type of a work schedule, nothing's going to get accomplished other than what you're being told to do.
0: Well, that's an interesting discussion because that's a that's a lifestyle choice. That's not a, a uh, they could they could they don't have to do that. They could quit their job and go you know uh, dig trenches for the plumber, but they don't want to make the lifestyle choice that doing that would in, uh, entail. Um, so that it's interesting that that ties into that though. Maybe the reason we don't have the, the visionaries is that because we're, we're too comfortable or too busy trying to be comfortable.
2: The problem is we have allowed greed to become a synonym synonym of capitalism. You know, there's nothing wrong with making a dollar selling a computer, but greed says, I wanna make a billion dollars selling a computer. And so houses that cost 50,000 to make, you can't buy for less than 400,000 because you have to make all these improvements before you put it on the market so you can't afford it. And then you're chasing the dollar to pay for the life and then you don't want to wait and work what your parents worked for. You see your parents having this nice house, so you think at twenty years old you have to have the same house. You don't realize that when they were twenty years old, they were in a, a one room bedroom apartment with the walls so thin and all that kind of stuff. So greed is not a synonym is not a synonym of capitalism, and that would fix a lot of our problems.
1: Well, right it's there. not just greed. It's not just greed though. It's also the entitlement. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, this might be just me being the old man saying get off my lawn. But I see younger, some of the younger generation, man, they don't want to work for anything. They want it handed to them on a silver plaque. But then you have the other ones that you know you'll have some of them that will be like, well, I'm going to break my back to work, but they don't seem to get anywhere because they're working too much, and they don't have one of that my, time.
0: One of my favorite quotes of all times is uh uh. If it, de- if the world depends on the youth of today, I can't see it lasting more than a hundred years. That was said by Aristotle. So what you're saying now is not a new mindset. Everybody thinks that the new generation is a bunch of lazy bums. Um, what's interesting is, is maybe we're not fostering innovation the way that we do, but what, what, what is amazing is that you have the tools now. To do things that you could never could do. You could take an idea from from thought to production uh, in in a time scale that is it is blinding because we have so many amazing tools available to us. And one of the tools I want to talk about right now is our friends over at DigitalOcean.com. They bring you uh, this platform for doing amazing things. If you want to take an idea from a thought to a production, uh, they're going to help you out with their virtual server uh, hosting system. It's uh, Everything they've got is lightning fast using the latest technology, the the things that Moore's Law has brought us to. Uh, Powerful hex core machines with dedicated ECC RAM and everything they've got is on uh, a RAID-based SSD storage. RAID means solid, reliable, dependable, you're not likely to lose data. SSD means binding fast. In fact, you could create an entirely new virtual machine in less than a minute. You get a gigabit of bandwidth so you can communicate immediately uh, between you and your servers and back and forth. In fact, whatever they, whatever you can do, they can do faster if you're trying to upload it. But if you're a developer and you don't want to to maintain the server for the server's sake, they have an API system uh, designed just for that. If you're trying to design an app, the next best thing, if you want to be the next great thing, they, they've got you covered there. And you can start as low as $5 a month. For their basic plan. Uh, you can go on up to, you know, $80 a month or more, uh, depending on what you want. They let you pick and choose what you want. But DigitalOcean so much believes in what they're doing, that they're going to put their money where my mouth is. If you sign up using the code EverydayLinux, you get a $10 credit. So if you start at the $5 a month uh, plan, you get two months free just because they believe in their product. If you go with the $10 a month, you get a month free. That it, No no risk, no uh, possibility of of failure there. They're giving you an opportunity to try their stuff because they believe in it that much. Sorry, I had to do a little ad there right in the middle of it. DigitalOcean.com. Use the code everydaylinux when you sign up. But I do think the point there is is valid, that we have tools now that we've never had before. Maybe what we lack is the inspiration to use those tools.
1: And that very well could be, um, not having the inspiration to do the, you know, use it, to use the tools that we've been given or are inventing because, you know, those, and there is such a, a huge mindset that you have to be in in order to do an, an innovation process. Um, it, it doesn't take, it takes more than one person anymore to do an innovation because there's just no way to know enough to jump To to make that large jump, like I said earlier, that quantum leap, um, it's going to take a group to do it.
0: So, okay, it's going to take a group to do it. So the lone, the lone visionary, those days are gone.
1: I would say that it's not; they're not gone. I mean, the the individual is going to be the one that comes up with the idea, but there's the way the tool sets are now. That one individual does unless he's one of those genius-level people that can learn everything all at once, there's just too much out there to know in order to bring something to fruition. Uh, but for wait, example who... Who? or go, Sorry, go ahead. For example... Thanks, Seth. For example, um, just the other day, I was browsing around on Kickstarter like I do because I throw money in there all the time. There was a Kickstarter ad for a new, supposedly the new greatest knife for chef work really we need to kickstart a knife um it just sounds by cutco sorry (laughs) (laughs) so seth what was your objection
2: there no i was gonna say who was the lone visionary that created anything you know steve jobs all he did was market what was created there was a group there the people who started hp there wasn't that one person um it was a couple of people so um there isn't there's a myth i think of this one person can do it on its own but you don't need a billion people but you need at least two because usually the genius guy isn't good practically and the practical guy is too busy with his head buried in the circuit board to make anything so you it would takes a small group to have that innovated um, breakthrough. so well,
0: a, a good example of that in history is the, the super genius who didn't have anybody to support him to make his stuff work, Nikola Tesla. Um, unarguably one of the smartest people ever to live, but he was also such a, a jerk that he couldn't get even his best friends to, to, to help him out, and he ended up dying penniless and alone because the, it takes more than just genius to make something happen.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: I don't know that we answered any questions. I'm not sure that we actually asked anything. We did whine and speculate as the title, so we've delivered what we told you we would. <laughs> um I I I feel like I've have I've sounded negative. I'm not negative. I'm really bullish on the f- future, but I'm frustrated with the present. Um I think that my generation, the generation here, the the Gen Xers, I think we we failed. We um through a, a combination of of issues, we became too happy to take what other people give us. And the, the hunger wasn't there. The, the people who are doing things now are the younger generation. There aren't a lot of Xers doing much. Um, there aren't a whole lot of millennials doing much either. But their time, they're still young. They still yeah. have time. Um, but I, it frustrates me that an entire global generation, not just Americans here, an entire global generation, was content to not do much right so jobs and gates they're not of our generation they're the they're the tail end of the boomers um they're they're older than i am um so if if you want to give them credit for being uh gen xers i don't think you can but if you want to uh you can say that they're they're it they're the example of of an entire generation roughly seven billion people have done a couple of things and that's frustrating to me
2: well, I, you know, I don't know if you can say that because there's lots of the world that we don't have access to. You know, I mean, I would assume that just based on the demographics of China, there's a whole horde of people our age doing all kinds of stuff there. So, but and,
0: it's it's clear by definition not world shaking stuff
2: because we don't know about it. Yeah. Well, but you know, is our stuff world shaking if it doesn't impact China, where you know such a large percentage of the world lives? Well, the PC
0: so. revolution did affect China right. and India and Nepal and everywhere.
1: So, you know, I I don't know. So, yeah. I think the, you know, just to wrap up a little bit, in my opinion, because we're getting to that wrap-up point, I think the biggest thing that we need is to see something to change to make that giant leap is, I think, energy. That is our Achilles heel right now. Once we can figure out the energy issue, I think that'll spur enough innovation to make so something will make the change to make that giant leap forward
0: chris you're you're i mean seth you're grinning about that you have something to say about that
2: sorry it was just more we are the world oh, okay. uh, we can make that change <laughs> <laughs> um I, i'm to, i'm looking at the
0: man in the mirror and i'm asking <gasps> him to make a change
2: oh that's right yeah. sorry wrong song. nice play <laughs>
1: nice play
0: um in my case it's the man in the webcam um <laughs> That I think you know we the idea of exporting uh genius and exporting uh world changing you know the for a long time it was thought that if we could export democracy from the u s to the rest of the world we would change the world that way and and it to some degree has worked out, but not as well as we had hoped unfortunately, one of the things that we are exporting is patent trolls, thanks to a new u k firm who's suing both uh Samsung and google
2: well yeah well it wasn't so much that it was that. This U.S. patent troll is trying their, um, trying their stick in London. So, uh, Unwired Planet, a patent holding company that holds more than two thousand packets or patents, is about to go. Um, they're suing them in, in the U.K. court because of what was it called, Alice, and a lot of. There seems to be a backlash in America against patent trolls, or at least a clamp down to you know bring it into reality so they're they're like we got these patents they're probably worthless but maybe we can convince somebody in another country they're worth something so let's uh let's move to europe boys and give them a try there
0: and so long may they wither (laughs) i can't i can't think of anything good to say about that
1: yeah i can't yeah
0: so Um, another thing that that people aren't saying a lot of good things about not really, um, is uh, some some high-up people who know about the whole state of the Linux kernel say that the Linux kernel is dying because Linux kernel developers are idiots and jerks.
2: Yes, uh, the Linux kernel is it suffering from an internet of hate. There was another um, kernel-level developer has left citing a toxic environment as the reason they leave, and, and uh, Jack Wallen, who he just seems to show up in the places I look. He talked about this, you know, Linus is whole, you know, he's the dictator and that's kind of how he's set up. And he is known for having a brash tongue more so in his youth. And today he's done a lot to kind of tone it down and brain focus there. But that kind of set the stage of, you know, this brashness and just, I'm going to yell at you to get you to work. And I'm going to bully you into meeting your deadlines and stuff. And, you know, people are realizing I'm not going to put up with this. So I'm just going to take my stuff and go home. And you could say, well, it's just one developer. And my thing is, it's one developer today. You know, once is an anomaly, two is a trend. So we were sitting on this great thing. Um, and because of the pettiness of people, it's possible to have it have the had the innovation that's happening in the software kernel be slowed thus slowing the uptick of innovation in general so it could happen whether it does or not i don't know maybe this one person just you know needs to realize that they live in the real world and suck it up and deal with it i i don't know what was going on but you know it's just something that i think needs to be considered
0: yeah he is he is the gates and the jobs of the linux world both of those guys were legendary for being you know uh, really mean and I love I love one of this uh, lines in this tech public article. He could open his mouth and instruct the attendees to opt- uh, optimize function A or compile code B, and they would do it without question. Why? Because he's Linus friggin' Torvalds, the man who created Linux. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he is godlike in his power over his thing, as Jobs was, as Gates was known to be. Um, and often that uh, you know, Jobs. I hate to go, go, keep going back to that, but that's where my mind is these days as I'm reading this book. He believed that. If you could bully a person so much that they left your company, your company's better off without them. They were weak. Um, wow. And I I don't know Torvalds, but he seems to be cut from the same cloth in in many ways.
1: Well, and that's almost something that we're seeing less and less of now. Uh, people are so PC anymore that they want that, that everyone wants the fluff and cuddly. They don't they don't want to be in that bullish or bully type market because people are tender creatures and. I don't. I. I personally, you know, growing up with with a bullish type environment that I was living in, it never was a bad thing. It, it kind of made me want to strive harder to get past things. So, I think we need more. You obviously
2: not enough therapy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get guess. in touch with your inner side.
0: I. I, I do think there that. I get, that's a that's another great thing that you're probably dealing with, and I don't know the people quoted in this article. You're probably dealing with uh, an older guy dealing with millennials and younger guys, and there's definitely a generational gap there. Um, the The Gen Xers by by and large didn't know how to thicken their skin and suck it up. Some of us did, some of us didn't, and the millennials, none of them do. They're all a bunch of crybabies. Um, At At least that's how we see it. Mark at elementop.com. That's that's the way the world sees it, right? If you disagree with me, it's up to you to go prove me wrong. And yeah, who am I? I'm nobody. You don't have to prove me wrong. But that's the impression that everybody older than you has right now. Mm -hmm. Your parents included. They think you're a bunch of soft people who can't handle it and and looking at it from from Torvald's point of view, he's probably thinking, you know forty years ago, I didn't have these problems. I could be mean, I could yell at a guy with a with a six foot beard and he would he would either fight back or or go prove me wrong, but I yell at these young guys, and they can't handle it. Maybe the people in this article aren't young guys, but it's just it it seems to me to illustrate a generational problem more than a corporate culture problem, yep
1: that's what it sounds and, like. And it feels like whenever I read these type of articles, that's what it truly feels like.
0: This is what living in a world where everybody gets a trophy t- for participating gets you. Ooh, <laughs> uh, zing! <laughs> um, how about a world where small companies get bought up by big companies? Uh,
2: are we fr- are we afraid, guys? That log me in has bought LastPass a little it has yeah um you know obviously i'm not because i'm i mean i still use x marks but that might not work anymore but you know log me in got rid of their free service because they weren't making enough money and you know because all of us cheapskates weren't going to pay and we could use it for free and claim it was personal use so um are they going to are they going to monetize LastPass you know or jack up the rates because I understand you pay for it now, but you know they didn't buy this so they could lose money. they bought it right. so they could make money and the way and you make money these days is to charge more for what people were already paying for.
0: The most you can pay LastPass right now is twelve bucks a year mm-hmm. that's that's their premium product uh, I would pay four times that without blinking an eye. Um, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if In did that. But as long as they don't touch the the, the company, the, the problem is that that LogMeIn and and the parent company I'm, I'm blanking on who the parent company LogMeIn is. Um, they're they're uh, known for being a a little light in the uh, caring about your privacy department. Um, and you know, in fact, the 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 tool that they sell is essentially a corporate spying tool. Um, it could be, you know, re- yeah. remote access. I mean, it, it, so that—that's what I think people are worried about. Is log me in going to? Uh, excuse me. Is LastPass going to stay LastPass? If if the same team are working on it and the same ethos is there, I, I'm not worried about it. If it becomes something else, see the the problem. Somebody else can do what LastPass does. Other people do what LastPass is doing. Um, but I'm I'm sucked into that cor- culture right now. I literally don't know my passwords. Um, it would take a, you know, a, a couple of hours to go copy and paste them all out of LastPass and into something else. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I certainly don't want to have to do that. And I would probably, I would probably pay 50 bucks a year to not have to do that. Um, but I would be happier paying it to the little guys at LastPass than I would be to the big guys at LogMeIn.
2: Well, yeah. And that's the thing. You know, even if you close your account today, that account still exists within LastPass's database. And so it gets sucked in to log me in for them to parse. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I just... LastPass
0: <laughs> never has any of your information. All they have are hashes that they can't unencrypt. They're very clear about that on their documentation. Yep. If you forget your password, we cannot help you. So I'm not worried about Big Brother looking in on my passwords. That that does, because I, I'm but i'm trusting their their technology to do what they say it does and because people have audited it and and haven't found anything yet um i'm i'm pretty much okay with trusting that so it doesn't bother me that that my login information will go someplace else because all they'll get is my login information
1: right it just what scares me though is if they end up going down the well if we can monetize this let's monetize it i mean i'm already paying personally I pay for LastPass. I love it. I pay for it. I pay for it for actually three people now in my household. Um I just I'm a, I'm afraid that they're going to look at it and go $12 a year isn't enough. Let's raise it up to $50 a year per user and no and then not incentivize us to use to to have multiple accounts because all that's going to do is force me to go back to KeePass and then use something else to encrypt it and then synchronize it with, like, Dropbox or Copy.com or something. I don't know. I'm afraid. I'm going to be really watching, you know, LastPass's pages to to read their, whenever they change their terms of service now.
0: Yeah, well, uh, let's, you know, anytime um a company changes hands and becomes a different company you have to worry about those sort of things but all we can do is wait and see i i'm still using it and i don't intend to stop using it just because another company bought it
1: yep i'm not either but i'm going to start looking around and see what's in the air what's in this realm uh just so i have something in the back of my mind if they go down the dark path um how i can get out of there quick and change all my stuff
0: we'll just have to see how it all hashes out. Hashes, SHA1 oh. hash is is maybe in a little bit of trouble.
2: Yes, um and this is something that people have known about uh, in the in by people, I don't mean everyday people like us, but the people who know about such things have realized that the SHA1 is um kind of on its last legs and it should be retired and there are plans for all these signatures to be um disavowed basically in january of 2017 but now they're saying um guys there's tools out there and we don't expect it to last the end of this year and the problem is there's still basically a quarter of the secure sites on the web are underpinned by this technology. And this is one of those things that the average user doesn't understand, but the certificate, when you go to HTTPS colon slash slash, you know, www.facebook.com. Um, and I don't know that Facebook, that was just a URL example that secure site is done that way because that company purchased um this certificate that is encrypted with this algorithm that says hey we are here and that certificate authority says yes that's them but if somebody breaks that they can redirect uh your facebook login or your bank login or financial information login to you know criminalsrs.com presents as bankamerica.com and so when you sign in with your username and password all of a sudden you don't have that information anymore, but you don't know because you thought you went to the legitimate site and you the little bar stayed green and everything. So it, this is just one of those things, you know, um, the internet isn't broken, but it could be because they say that we're three months away from a theoretical attack being able to happen. So that's kind of my little in overview of it. Um, hopefully very entry level, high altitude over now uh,
0: one of the things to to take comfort in is most websites now uh use SHA two fifty six or SHA five twelve, which is based on SHA two, not SHA one. So uh it's it's not that five twelve is five hundred and twelve times better than one. There it's it's a different algorithm, SHA two. And that's what most things are using. But for backwards compatibility, SHA one is still in most people's lists. And yep. that's the thing to worry about. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, uh, RC, RC two, RC three, what RC four, RC four has been, has been known uh, buggy for a long time, but it's still in a lot of websites and still the preferred one because it's simple and it's fast. So it's the problem is a, it hasn't been hacked yet, but we think it probably will be because some guys are demonstrating great uh, progress on it. B, it's not. It hasn't been known as the fastest or best for a long time. But the problem is, C. It's still out there and still used for backwards compatibility, and could take years to get rid of it.
1: Which is scary. Yeah, you know?
2: and the th- you. Yeah, the thing is, you don't want to, uh, and even if other sites move away from it because whenever your website negotiates, it negotiates, do you have this one? No. What about this one? No. What about this one? No. And so when it reaches a yes, it can, it stops going down the list. And if this list, if this is in your web browser has a possible thing and it is above the others, you know, the real Facebook could have, or the real bank America could have moved on to, um, SHA two, but a phony one using SHA one is out there and it, your web browser gets sucked in because this one's left in for backwards compatibility. So again, it's not, um, it's not a big deal. There's lots of, you know, Firefox has probably come out with 10 versions new since we started the show that bumps it down and Google Chrome, you know, they've done 20 versions. Um, so like I say, it's just one of those things to maybe kind of keep an ear out and just listen to see if
1: there's anything that comes of it. but it's possibility. So now the question I want to raise up really quick now we have the we, we know this is a problem. We know it's going to be something that has to be fixed. Is there any way for a user to say go in and wipe what the browser knows is a good you know to change the order to make sure that that isn't in their list?
2: The answer, the short answer is no. The longer answer is yes. You can go into about config with Firefox and change it and uh, do some editing there, but I wouldn't worry about that just yet.
0: Where, where it's really going to be a problem is on embedded devices, yep. the little Linksys routers that are in everybody's home that were hard coded with SHA one in 1997 when they bought them, and they've never upgraded. Uh, so I, your bank is not going to be a problem. Your bank is going to fix this uh, before it becomes a problem, if they haven't already. Uh, your browser, your your Windows Store, your, uh, your Windows 10 uh, 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 key databases, the Linux uh, key database, these are going to be fixed. Uh, all those old machines still running 90, uh, Windows XP probably aren't going to be fixed. All those people running embedded hardware, your printer that has an SSH server in it for no real reason, um is 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 not going to get updated so it's the internet of things and the internet of old things that are really going to be most vulnerable here um mm-hmm. now admittedly there's not a whole lot of damage you can do if you hack into somebody's laser writer 3 but at the same time uh that is a, a doorway into somebody else's network and that's the the danger
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the internet of old things and the internet of cheaply coded because we wanted to get it out quickly things. And as we right. all know, that's never happened once <laughs> or even a million times in today's society. Yeah, never. So
0: that's the I-O-C-B-W-W-G-I-Q-T. <laughs>
2: <Well>, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um some good news though uh Cisco who's been much maligned lately uh shut down a huge uh ransomware operation.
2: Yes, the Angler Explorer kit, and I'm sure everybody has been wondering that's with bated breath what would become of that, but it's one of the um like you know the the cryptoware the your computer uh, is been found to have child porn. This is the FBI go to the store and get a green dot card, or, you know, give us a Bitcoin, or we're going to come arrest you. You know, that stuff that's called ransomware. And we've talked about ransomware enough that I think our listeners will be familiar with it. Um, one of the kits that was, for the lazy hacker who didn't want to write their own code, they just went and bought one. Um, the Cisco's uh, systems Talos security unit um, has been researching the Angular exploit kit. They were able to take it down. So, yay, one for the good guys. One down, I don't know, 50 more to go. At least. <laughs> yeah, and they were able to do it by taking the command and control servers of that batch of malware offline. So, yay.
0: I just, I just noticed. Completely doesn't have anything to do with anything. But I was wondering why there aren't more people in the the live chat room than normal. Apparently, the Hangout invitation I sent says it starts tomorrow at ten twenty two a.m. Whoops! Uh, what the what? Uh, there must be a time zone problem somewhere. Um, anyway, that that's neither here nor there. It just got my attention while you were talking. So I, I'm sure I heard what you said, and I'm nodding emphatically.
2: Yes, I agreed with it. <laughs> I'm glad you agree with it. <laughs>
0: um, so that's some good news and some bad news and some whining and some speculation. Everything that you come to expect, except maybe some bacon. Seth, uh, you got any bacon anywhere tonight? But uh, uh, how about this weekend bacon history?
2: Uh, sorry, this week in bacon history was I bacon yesterday for breakfast. It was awesome. Um, if you would have been there, I would have ate it in front of you. I was not going to share with anybody. So that (laughs) happened this week in bacon history, 2015. Uh, but this week in technology history, uh, October the 13th, 1983, the Ameritech mobile communications now part of AT&T launched the first. U.S. Cellular Network in Chicago, Illinois or Illinois. I get, I think the S is silent. If I remember high school, October 13th, 1983. So I was, uh, I was 11 years old back then.
0: And so that was back when, when, uh, to prove that you were a douchebag, instead of having an Apple watch, you had a ginormous bag phone that you carried yep. around with you.
2: Yeah. The and there was only phone. like, there was only, originally there could only be so many people on the network. Otherwise, your phone wouldn't work. So and then, you know, and it still happens today. Um, but now that number is a lot higher. But, yeah, yeah, so that happened this week in history.
0: I was uh I forget what it was. I was reading something recently that was written uh, a long time ago, uh, and they referred to uh, calling somebody on their car phone. And it made me chuckle because, yeah, 1983, there were cars, big console units built into your phone, and you had a car phone number. Um, 1983, American Mobile Communications in Chicago, Illinois.
2: Okay, so the S isn't silent. Sorry (laughs) to the Fighting Illini and everybody else from the state.
0: (laughs) No, it's completely Illinois. I'm just being stupid. stupid. Uh, Chris. Two weeks in a row, you've had a link for us. I'm stuck, I'm shocked, I'm stunned, I'm amazed, I'm impressed. What do you got for us?
1: So this one, you know, I found out about this game, oh, last year for, for my big, for, we, we, did something with my company and we never actually used it last year, but we used it this year. I was impressed. Um, I'm a, I'm not a, I don't really live in either realm very heavily, you know, the Star Trek or the Star Wars. I like them both pretty much evenly. Um, but I always thought it'd be cool to be on the deck of a Star Trek, inter- you know, of a, the Enterprise, to be able to do one of the, you know, to be Scotty down in the engineering department and do the the power adjustments and, or, you know, shoot the fate, the, the torpedoes or, or, you know, fire the phasers. It just was always something I always thought was really cool. This link will take you to the Artemis spaceship bridge simulator. Now, it's, it's a little expensive at $40, but that gives you enough licenses then to have every facet of a Starship bridge that you can play. Um, I- including the captain. So you, you all, you'd have a bunch of friends sit down and they'd all either have a computer or a tablet in front of them. They would connect up and they have an interface with whatever their role is on the spaceship um we played it this week um while I was in a team building thing for about i don't know maybe 6 hours but we had a blast um it it was such a great we had such a great time doing it um and it it's such a fun little game it's horribly geeky but definitely if you have friends that are are Star Trek nuts they'll love this go take a look at Artemis the spaceship bridge simulator
0: we talked about this on the other podcast I do, Android App Addicts, because they do have an Android app yep. uh, where you can interface with it as well. So it's totally cross platform, Windows, Linux, Mac, Android, and iPhone. Um, uh, that it's a different experience depending on which inter- thing you have, but basically you, it's kind of role play, right? Where you assign somebody to be the captain and assign somebody to be the engineer. Yep. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Engineer, comms, weapons, uh, science, uh, Uh, Is there a
0: command at some point where everybody shakes in their seat and, and pretends that something (laughs) hit the ship?
1: You could actually when the, when you're like, I was playing it as the engineer and when we would take a a direct hit, the screen would go fuzzy. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so, and you, when it was fuzzy, you couldn't interact with it to change anything. So it was like, Oh, it was, it was a blast. Um, the interface works great on tablets, you know, like a, a seven inch or bigger. Uh, you can do it on the phones. Uh, when, when I experimented with the, with the, my Android phone, it was, I was trying to do two separate roles and that was almost mind-blowingly painful. Um, so definitely if you're gonna do this, think computers or tablets or single-person roles on phones. Um, the cross-platform thing works great. We had, when we were doing it, we had PCs, uh, iP- iPads and Android phones all working together. So for how how wide open the cross-platform was, it worked 90%, 95% um, the same, no matter what device you were on. Uh, just I'm going to,
0: to attempt to manage some dignity and pretend that I'm not totally geeking out over this <laughs> and, and maintain some hostly detachment. So I'm going to say that sounds interesting,
1: Chris. Yes, it's yes, very interesting
0: uh another thing that that Seth thinks is interesting is stupid
2: Stupid stupid.com for all of your gag gifts needs i have been holding on to this site for almost a year to um to use it, but basically, if you want to look at something stupid, um, for example, one of the things they have is a, uh, is a coffee mug that on the bottom of the inside is, a uh, is like fake crap. So if you're drinking it and you get down to the bottom, you see crap. So this will, this will appeal <laughs> to the teenage boy in all of you. Um, there is an underpants toboggan so you, it, it's a toboggan but it looks like a pair of underwear that's the kind of stuff you'll find on here they have halloween things they have christmas things they have gag gifts costumes pranks toys stupid.com um just if, if you want to go get something fun the um, wine rack
0: flask bra because if you've ever looked at boobs and said those are nice but they can't make me drunk now you got it covered
2: yeah it's like a sports bra but um I guess the, it's
1: a tipsy bra.
0: The fake pregnancy test that comes up positive no matter what.
1: Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. How about the bacon towel? Yes,
0: yeah, so the bacon scarf is there too. There's plenty it, of.
2: There's bacon. the booby scarf
1: that, um, yeah.
2: there's just all kinds of fun things. Um, like I say, a lot of it appeals to the teenage boy in you, and everybody has one, even girls. So don't pretend like you don't. Um, but, and then there's some serious things like there's a Doctor Who TARDIS. Uh, coffee mugs, so not just stupid things, but fun kind of things. So think, um, think novelty, geek, but for novelties,
0: the it's zombies awesome. hate stuff calendar from twenty fourteen for November. <laughs> zombies hate kittens.
1: Oh, this is <laughs> for September,
0: crazy. zombies hate badminton <laughs> because who doesn't? Oh, wow, F- that is definitely a stupid link, um,
1: <laughs> but still pretty fun.
2: You know, I thought last week was a good geeky link, so I'm just trying to bring the average right. back down a little bit. You know, when when you're listening to your Voyager 1 recording, you can, you know, scroll through here and see if there's anything you want to get for either Halloween or Christmas coming up.
0: The Everyday Linux Podcast, lowering expectations since 2010.
2: There you go. <laughs> That's good. Yep.
0: So this is the part of the show where I tell you how you can feed back to us. If you would like to have your email read to us, as Tim and the other guys who's I can't scroll up that fast, Isaac uh, did tonight, you can do that by sending us an email. You can go to elementop.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page. You can call us 559-IM-OP is the phone number. No, I won't tell you what those numbers are. You have to figure it out yourself. Um, or you can send us an email directly, edl at elementop.com. And those, uh, those three ways all get to 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 us in different ways. We will. I, we love hearing feedback from you. I, I keep the show uh, name suggestions coming. Those are great. If you want to be on the show, if you know somebody who should be on the show, if you want me to to go and and try to get Sandra Bullock on the show and talk about uh, all the science problems in gravity, let me know uh, and I'll do it. It uh, doesn't mean I'll make it happen, but I'll try. If you have a a, a guest host uh, or a host that you'd like to to come on or a guest, let us know. All of these things are all available to you, elementop.com. Also, if you would like to throw us some money, Patreon is there, elementop.com slash Patreon. Uh, the audible affiliate links all those sort of things there but mostly listen to the show enjoy the show tell other people that you like the show those those are the things that we most need you to do uh thank you for for hanging out with us chris seth as always you're the best co-host that i could afford and uh, we're glad to have you here and so i'm going to say that ends this episode of everyday linux